0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Three great words. Free fries Friday.
0: Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bada ba ba one-time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through
1: 1231-24. Excludes tax must-update rewards. Hello, you're listening to the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge.
0: Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food podcast with Tom Kerridge. I'm Orlando Murren and I'm your host for today and we are talking about Christmas baking mince pies, cookies, gingerbread, Christmas cake, and much, much more. But before we get down to that deliciousness, Tom, will you be working over Christmas or are you having time off?
1: No, we'll uh, we'll have a little bit of time off. Uh, most of the restaurants and pubs are closed. There's a, the one in London and the one up in Manchester. They'll be open for Christmas Day and Boxing Day. But all of the ones in Marlow are shut. So they, they close Christmas Eve evening, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. So all the staff get a little bit of time off, including myself.
0: Um, I mean, you don't have to tell me this, but will you be popping in in your centre out? to give them all a lovely surprise on the day
1: uh, into London and in, up to yeah, Manchester yes. sadly not no <laughs> I haven't got a sleigh that will get me there at Manchester in London and back and back in time to cook lunch for everybody at the, the family at home <laughs> otherwise I would of course
0: Do you have um, carriage family traditions uh, with the
1: Christmas baking, the cake and mince pies? Well, uh, not really, although there is one beginning to evolve, but it doesn't actually involve me. Um, So because of just the nature of my job, I mean, I've been a chef for 30 years and you you spend many of that time, you'll either work Christmas um, because of where you're working or... Um, the same as everybody else, if you're off, you spend that time going, are we having it at home? Are we going to my wife's parents? Are we going to my mum's? Are we going, where, where are we going? Or sometimes we would do two places in the same day. So my wife's parents are up north. My mum is in the southwest. So you kind of go, you might go to the southwest and go out to the north. So there was no real set tradition of having how what, what we would do, except we would catch up with the whole of the family. And best mum and dad used to, They've just recently moved, but they used to have the most gorgeous, great big house. It always felt like Christmas, no matter what time of year it was. It was just a, it was a magical house. Um, but the one tradition that has started to happen is actually my wife... Baking mince pies with our little man, so that's something that it's it's just a a little thing that they do on a run up to Christmas, and it's it's brilliant. And he then takes him into school and gives him to his friends or whatever, like and and tr- it's something that connecting with kids and doing a bit of baking. So it's actually not even me. So yeah, so uh, maybe I'm the wrong person sat here. Maybe maybe <laughs> you should you
0: should get Beth in. <laughs> I bet those um those AC carriage uh, mince pies have a bit of a premium at school, don't they? Everyone will want one of those. Their- <laughs> I bet. <laughs> do you know? I bet a lot of people listening have already started their Christmas baking because we had to stir up Sunday. Um and it's such an exciting moment when the when when it all starts happening Christmas and it's, the kitchen starts smelling of those delicious things.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That Christmas is so synonymous with eating and, and drinking and celebrating and having friends around. But actually, some of the biggest things that you do, it's not just necessarily putting the Christmas tree up. It's the sm- why so many people love real Christmas trees. It's the smell of the pine needles, the real tree, the 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 things that go on in the house, and that's massively included in baking and cooking. So, you know, smells are so invocative and, and, and exciting, and they're the sort of thing that takes your mind into that space. So, yeah, I mean, the moment you start making and making your Christmas cake, or start the moment you start using cinnamon in your cooking, that's when you know it's Christmas time.
0: Yeah, it's cinnamon and brandy and the smell of baking, isn't it? Yeah. That, A bit of ground
1: ginger and a little bit, yeah, all of those sort of things just take you into that realm.
0: It must have been incredible in olden times when, when they didn't have availability of all those things all the time. How thrilling it must have been that was the one time in the year that you got a nice whiff of cinnamon, but we, you know, we have it all the time now. We're so lucky, aren't we?
1: We are. I think. I mean, it's a completely different podcast, isn't it? The whole idea of the spice trail and where it came from and how it comes in, but those traditional old English spices that you take, you think of, of nutmeg and mace and cinnamon and ginger, uh, it, it, the cloves, you know, just like the smells that come through, and then and then mix that with some orange, and all of a sudden you really are taken into that Christmas realm, aren't you? It's just, it's a wonderful time of year it's for that.
0: So evocative. Now you do a lot of traveling, and I wondered what you thought their impressions were in the United States of our Christmas fair. I mean, what what would they th- make of Christmas cake or Christmas pudding? Because they don't really have them. They have have Christmas the, Christmas food, but not those things, do they?
1: No, they celebrate in a much more, in, in, a, in a in a kind of a sweeter tooth, particularly when it comes to desserts. But, you know, they still hugely celebrate the turkey, the idea of sitting down and having, and, and again, it's a big thing about, it's more of that, the holiday time of them having friends and family around. So it's all done for the same sort of reason, but yet I'm not quite sure what the complete view on Christmas cake would be there. I've not been in the States... I, I, at Christmas time so it'd be yeah Christmas cake um, or Christmas pudding more more to the Christmas point Christmas
0: pudding I think is difficult if it's not a taste that you were brought up with I'm not quite sure what you'd make of it because it has that very dense suity kind of taste to it doesn't it it's not
1: just that I mean it's quite splitting and divisive in this country isn't it? I think it's probably a 50-50 shout of most people who do or don't so like it sprouts isn't it really yeah. do oh, yeah, you yeah, really but sprouts like it or love it absolutely come on sprouts are amazing I mean <laughs> yeah, like, if so you <laughs> don't if you don't like sprouts it's because they've not been cooked properly <laughs> if you don't like Christmas pudding it'll be because you don't like the flavours
0: we're going to talk about um, sprouts in the separate podcast to do with sides and starters so say save yourself for, for the sprouts but um, do you make uh, Christmas gifts at all, edible Chris- Christmas gifts, or do the do you make them in the restaurants for your favoured customers?
1: No, we well we we did a point. We did one year. We did a load of individual Christmas puddings. Then we did we we, we did some uh, to oh, to,
0: ser- to serve or to or to sell. No, or to, to sell give, to give. sell
1: and to give away as yeah. gifting. Um, yeah. And then we also went through the period at, at home. We did like some shortbread snowmen that we then decorated that AC gave to his close friends and teachers and things like that. At school. School. So they're always good things to do. That, I mean, the reason why that I think they're engaging and good fun, particularly if you've got kids, is because it's not just a case of you're making something. It's getting kids to do something. It's creative. It's fun. It's you know, it's like art class but with food, isn't yeah. it? And that and, and and it and it's a really good excuse to get kids into the kitchen for for a good month or so in the run up to Christmas. It's much more interesting than just buying something and wrapping it up, isn't it?
0: Are there any Christmas sweet things that you're not keen on that don't do it for you?
1: I mean, no, that's a ridiculous sentence, isn't it? I mean, who 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 isn't keen on sweet things at Christmas? I get, you know, I it, some people will swerve the Christmas pudding and want to have one of those chocolate Yule logs, like is essentially a Swiss roll covered in chocolate butter butter icing, and you just go. Actually, I mean, even that's lovely and delicious. I mean, f- for me. Christmas is a celebratory time. The sweet things are there uh, to enjoy. Uh, you know, the smells of baking, even if it's a bought-in product from your local bakery or your local shops. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just every everybody just sitting down having a lovely time. You know, it's a short period of time. Make the most of it and enjoy the time that you've got.
0: I've thought of one thing that worries me about Christmas sweet stuff, and that's those little silver balls. Do they still make those silver balls <laughs> that get caught in your, in yeah, your teeth? Do they yeah, still they, make you're them? constantly
1: worried about cracking that, your teeth. They, yeah, they absolute, still make those.
0: Absolutely thought, terrifying. If they,
1: <laughs> if they didn't make them, how else would you put buttons when you decorate your snowmen? <laughs>
0: Well, I think one could pick those off or, or choose a different mince pie if, if you get if you get them on top of it. Um one thing I want to talk about, that this is make me sound a bit serious, and I'm not am not a serious person, but we're we're very much thinking now of being a bit more sustainable these days. And I'm gonna be trying, well I've already started to try to use less foil and paper and plastic in the kitchen. Are you making a concerted effort in the restaurant with that sort of thing? Because Christmas, it, you know, it's a high. You use a lot of stuff, don't you?
1: Yeah. Well, I think over the years we, we've been very fortunate that within the trade that things like molds and baking sheets and whatever we started using a lot more in those. The, the way the silicon comes in and, yeah. and, and that constantly amazing, reusable. Yeah. And it started off. I mean, I mean, we were using it thirty years ago, but it's now. But the technology has moved forward in a lot more, in a lot of ways, so, so that that silicon you can bake in it, it holds it. Shape, it holds what you know. So, you can get all of those Christmas molds, you can get everything you need, you can roll things out between two sheets of it, and you just wash them and put them back into the cupboard afterwards. So, so yeah, I think from a restaurant point of view and at home, you know, we, we've been much more conscious of of using it. And that's not really been about sustainability, that's been about saving pennies. You know, the more baking parchment or the more tin foil that you use, you know, these are just constantly reusable. So, they're a little bit more expensive than a roll of paper. But if you're going to do, you know, it's paid for itself within a year.
0: Yeah. Yes. and the, the the cutting out of silicon things for your the tins that you use regularly is so sensible rather than using paper the whole time exactly um, um, because it, it uh, it does worry me a bit still. I keep my cling film in the fridge now, which someone said to me it makes it easier to peel, which it does make it easier to peel. But because it's in the fridge, it's an extra effort to get it out. So that also is a slight deterrent. Just enough of a deterrent just stopped
1: me using quite as much. I mean, uh, getting cling film out of the fridge is an extra deterrent. It's only <laughs> the same as getting the butter.
0: <laughs> the other thing that I've been doing is... Not preheating my oven, which has caused a bit of a rumpus, really. People are unhappy with me because I've discovered that you don't actually need to preheat the oven. You can cook most things from cold if you need to. But in the restaurant, of course, you've got ovens, they're hot all the time. Aren't they, they are, they're
1: on all the time. But yeah. I, I think preheating is quite important when it comes to baking. I mean, I, I wouldn't advise that. You, you need that direct temperature for things to go in. If it goes in cold, it's the way that the butter reacts to pastry, for example, it will melt it slower first rather than start baking. And caramelizing you need the sugars to start working straight away if you're bringing it slowly up to temperature it will have a different effect the science of it is quite important particularly when it comes to dessert stuff
0: and you probably don't want to be experimenting with your valuable Christmas cake do you <laughs> into which you, uh, have put, you have put all the the marvellous things
1: absolutely not no no no, no. You, you want fail
0: safe uh, talking about spices, which is your favourite spice? Do you have one that you cuddle up to,
1: Tom? 100% nutmeg every single really? time. Yeah, huge fan of nutmeg. It works um, It works savoury. It works sweet. It's just great to work with things like cabbage, sprouts. Um, it works beautifully with some mashed potato. It's, it's great to put through. You can put, it goes really nicely through terrines or sausage mixes and things like that. But actually, when it comes to dessert, it's, it's quite soft. It's not punchy. It's not like cloves that are quite overpowering if you get it wrong star anise again is again big punchy flavours all of those sort of things sometimes if you get the balance of them wrong it's too harsh but nutmeg nutmeg and mace they've got they've got a subtlety to to them but also they work so nice if you think one of the greatest desserts of all time is a a straight nutmeg custard tart and you think of the amount the layer of nutmeg you can put on that it works really beautifully with with golden caster sugar and custards and creams and, and then going through space spice mixes of cakes, adding it to extra mincemeat, things like that, grating it very finely, mixing it with icing sugar and then dusting over the top so you get kind of like a nutmeg sugar dust. It really does lift everything. I'm a huge fan of nutmeg.
0: I'm a tiny bit frightened of it because you've got this lovely nutmeg here, you've got your grater here, grater, grater, grater. And then I think, well, what if I overpower it and so I'm probably putting in too little I mean obviously I'm enjoying nutmeg a lot but but are you, would you say you're generous with it are you careful with Huge, it no it...
1: hugely generous hugely generous with nutmeg That's yeah nice. like it's, it's not because it's unless you've gone you've gone absolutely bananas with it if, if you know if it says a teaspoon and you put in two teaspoons it's not going to make any difference it's just going to enhance it's one of those flavors if you did that with cloves or if you did that with star anise or you did that with cracked black pepper in terms of a spice that it would really kind of put things off but nutmeg is just adds more and more it's just another layer it's enriches and it's deeper it's got a wonderful foundation that works really well with so many different things you've
0: given me confidence i'm going to double my nutmeg use i, get think, in it's there. A, I think it's a slight stimulant as well doesn't it get you a bit, a bit excited no maybe not in these quantities
1: yeah yeah i think uh, uh, rumor has it maybe that's why i just keep throwing more in <laughs>
0: um Dried fruit, which is your favourite of the, the sultanas, currants, raisins or do you like them all equally?
1: I like all of those equally, but dried fruit, there's so many more out there to explore. Now, I love Raisin Sultana's currants. I, I, they are lovely. I, it, to work with them as well, it's really nice to pour on a stock syrup or a warmed brandy or some wine so that they kind of rehydrate and plump up. So where they've been dehydrated, what happens is they intensify their flavor and they're chewy and delicious. But if you pour a warm liquid over it and leave them to re-soak up, they, they then become juicy, plump. Plump. They, they've got wonderful flavor because that dehydration you don't lose any of the flavor but you've actually get a, you gain in texture because it rehydrates and it's beautiful but for me there's so many other dried fruits out there as well that work beautifully dried apple is fantastic dried mango i'm a huge fan it's really chewy quite leathery it's absolutely delicious but and also little dried nuggets of strawberries and cherries now they yeah. are Stunning dried strawberries, like whole strawberries that have been, like go down to the size of tiny, kind of like small small raisins. They're absolutely delicious. They're fantastic, and you
0: end up with a sort of jeweled look because you get the reds in, in there. Do you remember Angelica in the olden days? I that do bright yeah. green stuff. Yeah. Do you ever use that now?
1: No, 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 no. I, I stopped using that since as well since I left home. with my mum's made Christmas <laughs> cake, I think. Yeah, no, it's not. But I, I do like the natural fruit, and then then obviously dried apricots. One of the you know the big one that. Everyone knows and recognises it, but they're lovely. And so, if you've got a recipe that is 500 grams of of, of dried raisins or sultanas or currants. Do 250 grams of raisin sultanas and use the uh, add it up with the rest of a different dried fruit. Add to it, add flavour because they all work the same sort of thing, and they just give different flavour profiles, and they're lovely to use.
0: We've actually got um, something rather delicious sitting in front of me to taste, which is your last-minute Christmas loaf cake. Yes, which has exactly that in it. We have raisin sultanas, cherries dried figs and mixed peel there we that, go and all of those have been come back to life by um, lying around in brandy for a, a, a couple of hours yeah like so like, like, I, a, I like
1: think... a boozy bloke some point over Christmas in front of the telly <laughs> lying around in, a, in brandy but yeah i <laughs> I'm mean, hoping it's...
0: that I can attempt you to taste a bit of this because and the, our marvellous uh, liberty has been the, baking the last away. minute it's...
1: thing is a, is, a, is a little bit of a it's not it's not like something that you can just go I'll make that for you know I've got 20 minutes spare let's do it. But it's last minute in terms of bits and bobs of ingredients you've got. And there is a there is a process and there is a recipe to it. However, you know, the dried fruit you can mix about, you can change, you know, all the, the ingredients that are in it, the added bits. If you haven't got dried figs, it's no problem. Use dried apples. If you haven't got, you could just use complete sultanas if you want to do. if that's all you've got it's no problem but the last minute thing is a case of having something to make quickly that's done if you know you've got people coming over tomorrow you ain't got time to get to shops you've got a few stu- store cupboard ingredients and you can knock it together to sit down and have a cup of tea late in the afternoon
0: I noticed with this also that um, instead of feeding the cake that, that idea where you put in a tablespoon a week or a couple of tablespoons a week on top of the cake you you pour 100, 100 mils of brandy over the whole thing the moment it's out the oven that solves that, doesn't it? <laughs> and that's the best way of doing it because
1: it's when it's hot, all of those pores are really open. So it's as it as it soaks down, as it cools, I'm just telling you as I'm eating it, it's delicious. <laughs> as it cools, it contracts. So once it comes out of the oven and it's hot and everything's puffed up, a little bit like a souffle, you know, like all cakes, they'll contract just a little bit, come away from the sides, which is easier for you to take them out of whatever tin or loaf that it's in. But if you pour the hot liquid over it at that point, then it acts like a, a warm sponge. It soaks it all up, and then as it contracts, and moves away. Then it's, it kind of traps all that lovely booze or whatever flavour it is you put into it.
0: That is really boozy. I I, I love that, and it, you you kind of get the brandy in the first in the first taste of it as well.
1: Again, it just feels very seasonal, doesn't mm. it? It feels, it feels like a, a, a lovely kind of a, a fruity loaf Christmas cake. Just, you know, it's the sort of thing that you want with a cup of tea when friends come over over Christmas.
0: Are you fussy about peel? Because I've got a friend who goes... Um, travels 50 miles to buy citron peel in great pieces and then chops it all up for his mother's ancient recipe for Christmas pudding. But you can buy a chopped peel in a little tub, can't you? You
1: can buy chopped peel in a little tub, but buy the best ingredients that you can get hold of. And if each one is an individual type, something that's quite artisan, something that's quite, you know you know, individual and well looked after, then Definitely, definitely. Go find it. Go get it.
0: Yeah, I think it's quite a lot of trouble chopping up this peel. He says because it's a, it's quite kind of stiff and hard. But I think it, it it's a kind of pale, as you say. It probably comes from somewhere very
1: exciting, and it's part of his little Christmas festivity. I think is driving to get the peel, and it'll be the same with nuts as well. You know, it's it's the same with all ingredients. You you know, you can find beautiful things. Anywhere, But, you know, if you had a little individual place that does wonderful nuts that are roasted and stunning, rather than everything you get in a supermarket is pretty much comes from uh, mass-produced because they have to fit into supermarkets. And they all do a great job and they're all fine and they'll all tick a box, they all do a job. For example, this loaf cake that we're eating in front of us is great, it's perfect. But if there was some little individual guy that you knew that did the best nuts and there was another person that did the best fruit peel and there was another person that did great unrefined sugars or another person that did fantastic, beautiful um, kind of like unsalted butter that you knew, you know, all of those. And if you bought the best ingredients across the board, I mean, one, you probably have the most expensive cake in the world, (laughs) but hey, it would probably be by far the best Christmas cake or loaf cake you'd ever get.
0: Well, because these, these Christmas baking things all have a lot of ingredients in them, by getting better and better ingredients, you're accruing better and better stuff, aren't you? you? You end up with something absolutely wonderful because you've got 25 items in it, all of which are the best that you can get.
1: Yeah, exactly. But also, for your friend's point of view, if he's doing just like a really nice standard cake, then recipe that works is amazing. But the thing that takes it to the next level, the thing that gives it individuality and the thing that makes it super special is the fact that there's this you know small little artisan guy that does the mixed peel that makes also, as well, the most beautiful thing about that. It's a historic and a family, like, heritage-style recipe. And that's what it's all about. He may not be able to spend Christmas with his mum, but actually having a piece of that cake connects it. It's connections to family. It's connections to friends. It's reminiscent of memories and, and all of those sort of things. That's a, like a family tradition, I imagine. A piece of that cake makes him think, oh, this is amazing. And it makes you feel warm and inside about Christmas. And, you know, if you can get hold of bits and bobs like that, then all the better for him.
0: We hear about it a lot, actually, As famous PL. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> Does he tell you a lot? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, his
0: his mum's 90 this year. So, wow. So uh, she's... You know, it's been going a while, this tradition, hasn't it? I wanted to ask you about, where do you stand on the the almond paste, as I think it's correctly called, the marzipan? I don't know why when I was a kid we called it marzipan, but now I think we're meant to call it almond paste and the royal icing. Do you like all that stuff or do you, are you one of the guys who peels that off and eats
1: the cake? So as a kid, I used to take the marzipan off all the time. I used to just like go, I don't like it. I take it off, but now I absolutely love it. So I don't know. I think marzipan works for two reasons for me. One, the flavour of things, it's, it's amazing. It can be quite overpowering, okay? So it can be a little bit too almond essence, a bit strong. So yeah. you want to try and roll it out quite thinly. But the other reason why it works really well is because it really does help you make your cake look amazing. It gives it a wonderful colour. It's like wrapping it up in a parcel. And then if you're going to ice it afterwards, you can create all sorts of designs. It's a lot easier to stick your icing on top of marzipan than it is on top of a, a, a little bit of a knobbly and gnarly cake you know where it's been baked so for two reasons one flavour wise it's great but just go careful maybe buy the best marzipan that you can find not too strong in the terms of the, the essence that goes through it but two it does really help make your cake look lovely so I'm a big fan and if you don't like it it's quite easy to peel off because I've been doing it for years as a child
0: <laughs> yeah you could give it to the birds I think if, if, you, if you really or me don't, don't want to <laughs> or you indeed Um how do you do your mince pies? Do you have a, a do you pay, pastry all the way around? or do you? There are a lot of toppings. I'm amazed both with the the cake decorations and the toppings for mince pies. Where do people get these ideas from? The good food is. Stacked with ideas. This that's month. it.
1: You, you know, we, we've it's seen so over the years imaginative. That, that's well, incredible, isn't it? I mean, that's through that, through magazines like BBC Good Food, but also through television programs that you know are hugely in, in, embrace baking and people's interest in it. So the idea of crumble toppings, different pastries, different things that go on the top, all of those sort of things. around d- desi- exactly. Stars. Yeah, all a, 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 a sorts a of things pen. that go on. Yeah, they, you can do all sorts. But for me, the perfect mince pie is still always a, a kind of quite a short sweet paste that is actually relatively thick. So normally when you do it for a lemon tart and things like that, you do a nice thin, crisp kind of base. But I love a mince pie because I I think that you've got to have that kind of shortbread pie. But the pastry is incredibly important to it. It's not just the filling. It's almost like, I like him almost like a big fat biscuit is probably the best way of describing him. And then a very, very, a lid on it and baked and dusted with icing sugar. That, that simple for me is perfect. However, the ones that I clearly love best and it's honestly... It's the ones that my wife and AC makes. And it's because this is... And it's nothing to do with it being um, perfect pastry or brilliant meat or whatever it is. It Although I'm sure
0: it is. <laughs> well, no, it's
1: shop-bought. And this is the thing. It's shop-bought puff pastry, rolled, pushed into uh, your, your tart moulds. Then it is meat that's added to it. Sometimes Beth will add a few more little currants or some dried strawberries or some bits and bobs, whatever's floating about that AC wants to add to it to make it feel individual. And then the lid sticks on the top baked they don't look neat they don't look tidy they look crusty and crumbly and they puff up and they're all uneven and they're all gnarly but none of that matters it's because it's about the people that are making them for the reason that they're doing it and you can always tell and it's the one ingredient that's in food that you can never never separate from anything you could have the most perfect cake but if it's not made with love or the purpose of doing it that's where those ingredients come across. And those mince pies are by far the best. And it doesn't matter that my six-year-old hasn't made the pastry. The fact that he's been rolled, he's stuffed it in with his fingers and he's shoved in some jarred mince meat. I mean, for me, it's absolutely fine because you can tell there's heart, soul, love gone into it for about seven minutes until he got bored.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that Santa and his elves appreciate that yeah. <laughs> from the depths of their, of their heart. Um, I'm a great fan of the BBC Good Food Together Facebook group and we asked that group if they had any questions for you during these podcasts and we had a, 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 an apposite one from Christina Hollingsworth who, who's looking for perfect pastry tips for mince pies and she says especially Viennese pastry. Okay, so so, so uh, can you can you help Christina? We'd yeah, love to very, help Christina.
1: Very very short. Okay, so Viennese pastry is very very short. It's quite, and you've got to work with it straight away. So the moment you make it, don't rest it. That's when you shape it. Okay, because yeah. if you rest it, it become because it's quite buttery. And it's quite aerated. You you kind of beat it together with the icing sugar and the butter, and it's quite. It's
0: cre- you cream the ex- butter ex- first. Don't it, you? It, so, it doesn't. It's not like normal pastry. It's not as firm, and it, it falls to bits rather, does it? Very very quickly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you've got to work with it straight away quite quickly but the star of that is actually the pastry you know it's absolutely beautiful this comes back to those kind of mince pie. I would say more of the pastry less of the mince meat and don't worry about the shapes either you know just make sure that you've just it, and cook it properly and this is the other thing as well you want to cook it in a preheated oven Orlando <laughs> you need okay. it in a preheated <laughs> oven and then once it's cooked don't take it out of the oven straight away what I would do is open the oven door turn it off, and just leave it in there for another three, four, five minutes so that it kind of finishes its cooking process, okay? Cools down in the oven, so it just continues. And you'll end up with a slightly darker browner brits around the outside, which will just ensure that it's been lovely and crisp. And and that's a method you can use for all pastries, but it'll work ever so well with the Viennese kind of pastry.
0: And there's that famous thing of when you, whatever you bake, whether it's cake or mince spice, li- once you've got it out of the oven, leave it for 10 minutes to, to kind of firm up, because otherwise
1: it, they, things fall to bits, don't they? Uh, exactly. And it's that contraction bit, exactly yes, the same it, as we yeah, talked about the cake. Yeah. It, it just becomes a lot easier to get out the moulds as well.
0: Any secret centre gift ideas to surprise AC? Well, he, he won't be surprised if he's listening to this. but
1: um. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, just anything that's fun, baking-wise, anything that molds that you can cut out. If you're looking for things for kids, shapes are always the best, like things that you can make so many different things. And then the pre-bought, you know, like the fondant icing, lots of different colors. Get by yourself loads of those because they're not very much money. They keep for ages and you can roll them and make those shapes that you want. Once the biscuit, whatever it is, is cooked, you can decorate, you can create scarves, you can create hats, you can make all sorts of... They're always really good fun things to do whilst baking with kids. And how old is he now? He's six. Well, he is six... Four days before Christmas, so twenty first of December. He's so it's a it's a, cri- it's a crazy couple of weeks in his world, Doesn't my do- world, like the, our world. Like it's, the mo- I, I say crazy. What I mean is, it's the most expensive two weeks ever. I'm <laughs> um, due to a gingerbread house. No, uh, we, yeah, we have. We did one last year, but it didn't last very long. Um, <laughs> and then we did two last year. One that we decorated um, very, very quickly, and it didn't look more like a gingerbread kennel rather than a house. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're great fun to do. They are, great. but you can also have. You can buy ready-made kits of them as well. So if you're if you're too work because it's. To get a six-year-old to concentrate for that amount of time, by the time you're baking it and doing it and what, I mean, it's a little bit much. So the last the last year, we bought one that was ready-made biscuits, and you have to kind of build it together with the icing. That was really good.
0: So more like Lego, culinary
1: Lego. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are brilliant to do. They They're are great.
0: Huge fun. I only made one once. A really complicated one. I loved measuring it all up and it did feel like you were an architect because you had to get this roof to stick on somehow yeah it takes ages doesn't it i I think it's good it's for kids a bit older mine collapsed so not when i wasn't there it it subsided horribly and then i had to go and take away this wrecked gingerbread house which turned all gluey as well because i put lots of sweets on and they got that that sticky thing that happens to sweets
1: when they're in the fresh air you got your cement ratio wrong there mate (laughs) i mean that's right that's where your problem you got your santa cement ratio in the water mix wrong. I think I'll stick to a uh, Stollen
0: next time. <laughs> yeah. I've never made a Stollen. Have you made a Stollen? No,
1: never made a Stollen, no. There's something German baking is very in at the moment, isn't Very, it? isn't it? Yeah, German, Scandi baking, all of that sort of stuff, like uh, um, laminated doughs that have been like crossovered into cakes, all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, but that that's next level. That's next level skill set. We're, we're, maybe... talking, we're talking about whacking a load of fruit together, sticking it in a loaf tin at the minute. <laughs> I mean, that is next level baking there.
0: <laughs> we'll save that for next year the, the, yeah. the, the sequel next year yeah. I'm going to have another portion of this fabulous Christmas loaf cake but we've also to celebrate the end of our of this Christmas podcast we're going to pull a
1: cracker alright let's do it ok we, ok ok one. Three, two, one. 2, oh, did that I sound lost. genuine? well I hope so because about... it's actually genuine I've we, ended up with we, the, we, the bum we, end of a well, cracker that, that was uh, mine you, and now this got... one you need to get okay. make sure you end up with it
0: you've should, won it twice they should have an end that, mark that, who's
1: gonna get that, that's that, that's my standard christmas that no matter how many I've crackers got, i pull oh, I've got a somebody else form. always really wins the nice. gift
0: so with that i would like to wish everyone listening a very happy christmas baking season and may your cakes and puddings and mince pies be exceptional this year thank you tom for a million and one tips and a whole load of fun as usual
1: it's an absolute pleasure i just want to let you know why are christmas trees so bad at sewing. Why are they so bad at sewing? They always drop their needles. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Goodbye,
0: everyone. Thanks for listening. And if you like today's Christmas recipe, tune in to Tom's bonus cook-along episode tomorrow.
1: And that was the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Happy Christmas.